Hello, this is Matt Marone, the worship pastor here at Glenon Bible Church, and you're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, December 4th, 2022. Hey, everybody. I'm John Vanderbilt, the executive pastor here at Glenon Bible Church. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, the executive director of Naomi's House. And I'm Kelly Brady. I serve as senior pastor. Thanks for tuning in to the Next Level. Morning. Morning, guys. Christmas is here. Matt, the building looks awesome. Right? Thanks for your hard work. Shout out to Amy, Amy, Coli. Amy Coli. Hours and hours and hours of work yep. up here. Yep. She did a great job. And she great. had a team with her. Yep. About midweek. Yep. Other folks showed up to help out. Looks great. Yeah. We're in full swing. Mm-hmm. Full advent. It's fun. Do you guys have your trees up at home? Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our tree is up, but it's... Um, it's not quite finished. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. We try to we try to do ours around things like yeah. the day after Thanksgiving, yeah. something like yeah. that. Okay. What do you guys do? You guys have a tradition, Simone? Yeah, same. The weekend after Thanksgiving, I like to enjoy. It does a lot of work for the, the Christmas decorations, so I want to get my bang for my buck all month long. But then yeah. I take it down Christmas Day. You're what? Um, yes. I'm what? so, I'm done. I'm ready okay. to, like the yeah. needles are falling and it's, oh, ornaments are falling. Okay. Yeah, real tree. We don't do a real tree. Your, uh, your lights look nice outside. Oh, that is courtesy of Anthony. Hopper. I know. It's the one thing we don't outsource. <laughs> I, I actually wondered. We, we drove by your house the yeah. other day. He does a good job, right? And, he does, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, they may he have a be, company do that because it looked no, really good. No, he will be so pleased to hear you say that. He, we should get Anthony to do him here at the uh, church. <laughs> He'd probably love Would it. Would he like to get up on like, 250 feet high. Yeah, in the he air. was calling for somebody <laughs> to help hold the ladder for the very highest point, and I'm like, I'm not getting on the roof. It's freezing. And Maddie's like, Oh, I'm about to get in the shower. And finally, I was like, Asher, who's 10, <laughs> hold the ladder. Yeah, Don't. Anthony sent him back in. He, he wasn't. He's like, I'm not getting up with a 10 year old. As because he got to put like a ladder on a roof yes. to get to the other part of he the does. roof. Yeah, he yeah. Does. We yeah. had a we had a fun night. Uh, I think it was see, it was Friday night. We went. Uh, the boys are into football cards. So there's a card shop down in downtown Downers Grove area, mm-hmm. which is a really cool little downtown. I've actually never cool been down area. there. It's, yeah. it's really quaint and yeah. whatever. So we went into this card shop. We had no idea that this particular Friday night, it was trading night. <laughs> and so there, I mean, this, this place is tiny. It's, it's like the size of, of my office. A lot and of 35-year-old dudes that live in their mom's <laughs> So there was, there was two the of those cars. guys. I'm going to go 40s, though. I'm going to go 40s. Sorry, that was real No, no, no. <laughs> no, so we, we walk in there, and, um, and the guy behind the, the counter goes, hey, Matt. And I was like, what? That's odd. Like, if I'm in Kansas City, that's not odd. But hey, I don't know. live out Downers here. We've Grove. only been out here five or six years. It's a 17-year-old kid that goes here. He goes, he, was, he looked at me, and clearly, like, I, I'm looking for a name tag on myself. Like, do I have a name? What? He's like, I go to GBC. I was wow. Like, oh, cool. Okay. Like, what? I, I don't know. Nice. What's your name? And anyway, so it was a 17 year old kid, and his fam- family goes here, and he works at the card. And, and so we were at the card shop, and we were there. The kids wanted Justin Fields cards, they had zero, but the trading was going on. So this kid, like, ends up trading for a couple Justin Fields cards for his company, and then comes up to my boys and, like, hey, you guys, uh, weren't you here looking for some Justin Fields mm-hmm. cards? They're like, yeah. He was like, Boom! Laid them out on the table. Wow, nice. so cool, so cool. That's fun. Did that so cost then, you three or four hundred dollars, or what? Yeah. Oh gosh, no, <laughs> no. So, so then after that, I know I'm kind of monopolizing our time here, but after that, we started driving around looking at lights. We we drove mm-hmm. by Simone's house, mm-hmm. saw their lights, but then we we saw that Wheaton light. Oh, in house. the park? In, no, oh. in uh, on Evergreen. 
Have you seen this? No. Oh yeah, they oh, with the synchronized gosh. songs yeah. with the songs. <laughs> Blew my mind. I mean, like we rolled down our window and we're clapping because they, they were outside. The family was outside. He was still oh, kind of setting up. That's so cool. So you pull up and it, they have a sign. It says like go to one hundred two five or whatever. To this day, I do not understand how that works. I think yeah. they broadcast there. They they, like I think they just yes. shoot out a, a quick little broadcast. Okay. Um, and so you can get it. Did if that clear it up for you? Simone? Yeah, sure did. Yeah, <laughs> perfect sense. <laughs> and uh, oh, it was like three or four songs long. And the production quality just—it's like Mannheim Steamroller. It was—it was, it was like man, it was like Trans Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> That's so cool. It was unbelievable. We were like, my jaw was on the ground. I was like, I cannot believe this dude do, did, did yeah, this. Yeah. Like, anyway, That's it is awesome. worth seeing. It's right Everything. behind um, that Seven Dwarves yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. diner. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's the first street. Okay. North of Pres uh, of uh, Roosevelt. Yes. Off, off president. president. Yep. Yeah. True. Yeah. Worth doing. Cool. <laughs> Very cool. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. You're in the spirit, Matt. That's good. I, I was, yeah, you know, that's cool. All right. Lots of questions today, huh? Yeah. All right. Let's get into them. First up, uh, so in the culture in which we live, the notion of the Holy Spirit impregnating Mary has been described as cosmic sexual abuse, even rape. I don't agree, but am not sure how to respond. Help. Have y'all heard this? Yeah. yeah. It's I I quick Googled it and there's there's a whole me too mm-hmm. around God. Mm-hmm. Mary, it's basically Mary saying, Me too. I was abused. Yeah. The whole Me Too movement and then of Mary course. identifies. I mean, it's so incredibly absurd that <laughs> you it would it would wipe away, don't you think, our entire view in the heart of God if this were <laughs> Right. If this were in any way close to being yeah. true. Well, the crucifixion for a long time has been identified as, you know, child abuse. You know, the son of God being sent to die mm-hmm. by the father God. Um, so it was only a matter of time probably before mm-hmm. something like this was raised. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would, you know, I noodled on it a little bit yesterday. I, I would say... Let's start with the announcement. Gabriel announces what will happen, not what has happened. You will give birth. And, and my point here is Gabriel is um, he's prophesying um, and he's announcing it to her, um, but he's not he's it's not something she's not already it's not already happened to her so it's it's not something that um well her her she willingly consents at the end of the dialogue is the point in other words gabriel shows up and says you'll give birth in the days to come you'll You'll the Holy, and she says, "How will this happen?" Well, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, and then she says, um, "Be to it, as, be to me as you say." In other words, she consents. So, it's it's not a historic thing that's happened. It's not, "Hey, you're pregnant because God took advantage of you." He's saying you'll become pregnant. And she says, "I agree. I consent." She gives her consent, and then the most obvious thing, I guess, is. Uh, there's obviously no sexual contact. Mm-hmm. It's the implantation of the Son of God. Um, I guess I kind of feel weird even talking about God doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. making the point God doesn't make sexual contact mm-hmm. with Mary. So, and and to be clear, she's consenting 
to carrying the son of God. Right. She's not consenting to sex. Exactly. Right. Which is yeah. the, that, that relationship between, yeah, right. between cons- consent and rape. But even if you wanted to try to make the case that, well, yeah, but God, she's still pregnant. So she's having to carry this child. She consented. She said, yes, let's do this. Right. Like yeah, it's okay. It's closed. Like, why is this a thing? Why is this, have to be talked about any further. Like yeah. clearly people who are raising this have issues with God in general. They need to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it's, this it's isn't an, a good argument if you have issues with God. Yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity, I think, of anything that um, is strange or controversial or whatever. I mean, there's going to be lots or of... Or otherworldly. Yeah, it other, is yeah. supernatural. Yep. I, I was struck by your mention of how Mary would have been illiterate. And did you say she wouldn't have had access to learning the law. How did no. you put that? Well, she, yeah, I said it, she's illiterate. All that she would have known in the scriptures would have come in her own home or the local synagogue. Okay. Right. So that was, you know, a profound insight. And then two things from that. Number one, if given the, um, the song that's mm-hmm. in scripture, that is deeply rooted in theology. Yeah. So she knew she a knows lot. Israel's right? history. Exactly. Yeah. And so if she knew Israel's history, then we can assume that when Gabriel came to her and said, you're the one, mm. what she was consenting to was not something blind, like, okay, sign me up. I mean, she, I, I think you could infer based on the theology she, she shows us in her song that she knew this has been, this is the Messiah. This is the one that I've been hearing about that's coming. And Elizabeth confirms it. She says, how am I so blessed that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth confirms what's going on. And she has this supernatural knowledge. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. And and, uh, just to piggyback off what you're saying, like illiterate doesn't mean dumb. Stupid, right. Uninformed, right. Everyone was pretty much illiterate then. (laughs) Right. It was a a culture built on transferring information by word of mouth. It was an an orality culture. Like Mm -hmm. she is is clearly a bright person. Yeah. You know? Favored. Yeah, I was just, I was actually going to go with the the favored. I mean, in that time, in that culture, imagine the honor Mm. of being chosen for that. I mean, there's a you know, some of, I think, what we're interpreting or what we're feeling when we read the question about, well, it, it, puts, it puts the burden of carrying this child as like this very negative thing, yeah, right? It's, like it's, to, to mother a child is like the worst thing that could possibly happen mm-hmm. to Mary. But you know what I mean? Do you get what I'm saying? Like that it seems like that's a, but if you, if you look back culturally, that would have been a, a great a favor of right. an mm-hmm. honor. But it was po- a great sacrifice. It was. On Mary's behalf. It I is. Mean, she was, yeah, I'm not, I'm yeah. not downplaying but the, parenting the always struggle. Is. Sure, sure. Yeah, but I mean, you, like, you went into it, the fact that they most likely were very poor. Yeah. She was engaged, which right, right. was legally still considered marriage, but she, and then the, the journey she took to go sealism, and there was a great yeah. sacrifice on her behalf. She right. Well, it probably we also just, caused tension in their marriage to some level because oh, we for know sure. he was yeah he was intending to divorce her, right? Mm-hmm. But then didn't. Right. Just, mm-hmm. So there's just the feel. There's probably a little uh, conflict there. Uh, yeah. Mary had to be pregnant. Yeah. And Mary had to have yeah. a baby. I see what you're saying. It's like what? It was an honor. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. why are and we? It's a blessing to have kiddos, right? Yeah. And yeah. and especially when we think of culturally. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it can the, be both. It can be both a sacrifice and an honor. Mm-hmm. I think Agreed, what you're saying. Simone. And Agreed. That's, I, I mean, that's, that's the nature of here. service, right? Right. That's what we're seeing here. Good question, John. I I kind of I was here uh, just noodling on what you said. It it the notion of cosmic sexual abuse paints with such a present prejudicial brush. That's it's, yeah. I guess that's it, what I'm trying to go after. If we can come to the text without that prejudice and just see the beauty of the condescension of God, God coming in the flesh. The Trinity being involved here, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, um, to bring this about um, and to select a woman and uh, a woman that's marginalized and without social standing. And, um, and she gets to play such a pivotal role in redemptive history. It's, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful, so beautiful story. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, number two, I love worship on Sunday, but I often feel alone at church. I'm not sure how to be encouraged at church, which you said was one of the reasons to attend, to be encouraged by others. Yeah, so on Sunday, I talked about Mary's journey to see Elizabeth. It was about a 90-mile journey. It would have been difficult, a difficult journey. It's the exact same journey, incidentally, that Mary and Joseph take later, nine months later, uh, in compliance with the census that had been decreed. They, they leave Nazareth and they travel to Bethlehem, which is on the outskirts of Jerusalem, not far from Jerusalem, in the hills of Judea. So it's, she's taken, she takes this trip now twice, and it's a difficult trip. It's not easy to walk 90 miles. Um, I think you could argue she probably took the trip alone just because of costs. And she traveled by caravan, four or five days, sleeping under the stars. You have to pack what you're going to eat. So you're carrying what you're going to eat with you. It's just, it's a hard trip. Why would she do it? And I said, one of the indicators that helps us understand why she would go visit Elizabeth is what she experienced when she gets to Elizabeth's house. And she experiences this blessing, this confirmation, and this encouragement to trust in the message she's received. So she receives encouragement. And I just talked about how that's not, you know, taking a 90-mile journey for encouragement's sake doesn't mean she was doubt-filled. Encouragement is something we all need. We need to be encouraged to believe the word of the Lord. She had received a word from God. And so it is, in fact, one of the reasons we sing. It is, in fact, one of the reasons we, we read God's word publicly is to be encouraged. It's one of the reasons we meet. So it breaks my heart to feel that someone might be a, have the sense of being alone on Sunday morning. I know that's all too familiar for folks. Folks come and... Hmm. Feeling alone in a crowd is, is kind of a unique but common experience, and, uh, and so I hate that. Uh, on Sunday morning, I I'm try to bring some attention to, I know that people feel alone. Uh, Sunday, I said, we hope you feel a quick sense of belonging, and I try to encourage our membership to reach out to people that are on the margins and and I know that some of our visitors experience that. I've, I've talked to some of the visitors. They, they do feel like we have some, that we, we befriend people, there's some warmth, that we include folks. But that's an ongoing work and an important work that the church should do. You know, as for what to do to be encouraged, um, I, I would say you're going to have to take some risks. And I'm um, like 
texting into this <laughs> to the Mojo text line here to have it discussed. But um, yeah, you're, I would say it would be great if if you reached out to a pastor. Let us help you get connected into a group. There's a group that meets on Sunday morning of adults you could be a part of. There's a young professionals group that meets on Sunday mornings if you're in the younger demographic. So getting connected, you're going to have to take some risks relationally. And, um, and we're happy to help you do that. There's a men's Bible study that meets during the week, a women's Bible study. There's small groups. But it, it does inqu- uh, require some, some risks. It reminds me of what, uh, what Jonathan during communion shared. Um, he did a great job. Yeah, man, I loved so his great. content about trauma, and I thought that was cool that his what he's been personal. studying personally yeah. Yeah. was applicable to you know. But yeah, one of the components of what he pointed out, and just right now, it makes me think of Simone. What you do professionally, just that trauma disconnects mm-hmm. people from community. Mm-hmm. Jonathan and I have had many conversations about trauma. So I was like, really? cheered okay. him on as he did such a great job. And then I was also so personally moved mm-hmm. by what he said. So um, I thought he did a really amazing job. And I was thinking, Kelly, when you were talking about, um, you know, trying to encourage this person and how it does take risk. It also takes a, a, you have to put effort into it. So attending things outside of church will help you develop relationships and friendships with people that you'll start to see at church. So Mm -hmm. then it makes Sundays a little bit more meaningful in that way because you're serving or Mm -hmm. um, you're in a small group, you're going to some of the Bible studies that are offered throughout the week. And that just helps build the community to where Sunday mornings, I mean, when Anthony and I were new here, it took, it takes time to start to recognize the same people and get to know people's names. And every time you say, reach out to somebody that's new, I still think, am I the new person or am I the person to reach out? Like, it's just, you know, it's kind of a, it's a journey. And, um, but if I could share a super quick story, Mm -hmm. I never share quick stories, but I'll try to make it quick. We had a graduation on Saturday and actually a handful of GEBC people were there, women who volunteer. And just give some context. Naomi's house. Yeah. Sure. So Naomi's house has a residential program. And for a woman to finish, it usually takes about 15 months to go through our whole program. And this woman just graduated. Um, after 15 months, um, she's from the Elgin community. And so she packed this room. We have it at a church nearby, mm. the Vineyard Church. Yeah. Um, she definitely exceeded the capacity for the room, Aww, which is cool. amazing because some women graduate and they have no family Aww. show up. And so it's, you know, this was huge for us, for her to have that many people come. And one of the things I said as I welcomed everybody was to her, look around, mm-hmm. you know, half, I actually had people raise their hand based on volunteers, based on staff, based on family, how they were connected, how they were connected. And I want her to see, like, look around at your people in your community and, you know, your success in graduating from Naomi's house today is largely due from the relationships that you built and how you made the effort and did the hard work to build these. I mean, we had former staff come back, you know, and, and join in the celebration um, therapists that she works with. I mean, it was a room full of different people from different places. Moments are too rare, aren't they? Oh, it's just, it was precious. And, um, this has never happened before, but she has a a 16 year old daughter, which is that's common, but the daughter surprised her mom at the graduation and all of our graduates give a speech and it's just, you live for this. Like, it's just jaw-dropping what they say. Yeah. And her daughter got up afterwards and kind of projected her 
like how thankful and how proud she was of her mom. I mean, can you imagine being a teenager and your mom is just formerly trafficked, exploited and trafficked. And it's a cycle of um, drug abuse and homelessness and back into exploitation. Like it's just this long cycle and her daughter getting up. So it was so, so powerful. And, um, I thought what a witness to her daughter to see what community looks like and see how the importance of her mom did not do this in isolation, which is what mm. Jonathan so beautifully said. Yeah. Trauma mm. makes you want to makes you feel like you either you're alone and you're isolated. Mm. I don't even know if I'm making sense. The point totally is yeah. tr- like community and the effort we have to put into it is mm. so important um, in order to, to have, you know, your people and your community around you. And that leads and, 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 leads us into healing and, mm-hmm. and not feeling isolated. And oh, it was great. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, one of our best moments at Naomi's house this weekend. I'd like to come awesome. to graduation sometime. Is okay. that, is that weird for, out- we'd have to find a reason. Oh, you'd okay. have to know the graduate. You gotta know. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I think to myself all the time, I wish the world could see this. Yeah. It would yeah. change your perspective that's on awesome. what trafficking looks like, what it takes to heal, what it, yeah. I could go on and on. It was so good. Which, uh, another way to feel encouraged by others is to serve with others. Absolutely. It's, it, yeah. it's not simply find a group and attend a group, but find, um, use your gifts, utilize your gifts to be a blessing to others. There's lots of needs in the church, opportunities is a better way to say it, for service. Mm-hmm. And you'd serve on a team with folks. And so just contact pastoral staff and let us help you get. In fact, we just launched a page on our website. Um, that lists the opportunities for service at Glow and Bible Church. And so there's lots of places to serve. Hey, GEBC family, guess what? We've got a special Christmas present for you from the worship ministry. So we have released a five-song Christmas EP. The album is called Songs of the Savior, which is our sermon series title for this Christmas. But the, uh, the five songs are from last year's Christmas service, and they turned out great. We had a fiddle player. We had a lap steel player. And these five songs, they turned out awesome. Please check it out. You can find it everywhere where you can stream music. So Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Uh, If you're on Spotify, just go to GEBC Worship. Go to that page and you'll find the Songs of the Savior EP as well as some other songs. Thanks. All right, uh, let's go to the next one. In Mary's song, what does it mean that God has sent the rich away empty? Yeah, Mary's song is talking about the the character of God and the work of God in history. And one of the lines, it it, it initially makes our heart. Well, I, I think it just it, it can make our heart drop. Sent the rich away empty. The experiences of the poor and the rich are starkly contrasted in Mary's song. The hungry. Uh, is filled with good things while the rich person is sent away empty-handed. Years later, Jesus would grow up and he would teach something similar. He'd say, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. And so we see the character of God to care for the marginalized, to care for the weak, to care for the poor. And um, But what what is it about the rich um, that that aren't receiving the care of God. Because Jesus also, in his teachings, he later notes that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He doesn't say it's impossible, (laughs) 
but he says it's hard. He, he actually says it's easier for a camel to go through a, the eye of a needle. And so picture a, a sewing needle and trying to get a camel through a sew, the eye of a sewing needle, right? It feels impossible. Jesus goes on to say in that same teaching, what's impossible with man is possible with God. In other words, rich folks can get into the kingdom. It's just not easy. So why is it not easy? Why would the rich be sent away empty? Well, it seems that the rich are sent away empty, putting all of Christ's teachings together with Mary's song, because they struggle to depend on God. Hungry people have a keen sense of need. Um, you know, when my stomach growls, I immediately get hangry and I start trying to satiate, you know, the hunger. But so hunger, hungry people have a sense of need. And it's in that sense of need that we can be drawn to God. Um, the, the rich, if, if we're not careful, and I'd put myself in that camp globally from a global perspective, I am rich. So the rich, if we're not careful, we have a sense of meeting our own needs. And we, if we're not careful, we don't allow God to meet our needs. So to receive from the Lord, I think that's what we can learn in Mary's song and in Jesus's teachings to receive from the Lord requires a humble dependence. It requires an acute awareness of our need. Jesus says famously, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Well, I need to know that I'm weary. I need to recognize my weariness. I need to see that I'm unable to bear my own burdens, heavy laden, that is crushed underneath your burdens. And if I see those, then I turn to God and I depend upon him. If I don't see those, if I if, if in my wealth I, I meet my own needs, then I go away empty and, and the Lord never cares for me. My father, who was not a believer most of his life, said to me, and I'll never forget, as we were discussing faith matters, he said, uh, Kelly, it's true, money can't buy happiness. It sure can make you comfortable, though. Mm. And, and he, his money and his success kept him for a, a long time depending on Christ. It was actually in his um, debilitating disease. He had a neurological disorder that took his life, but, and it was about halfway into that diagnosis that he finally, his heart softened, and uh, he depended on Christ. Mm. When he met something, frankly, that his money couldn't address. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I think... It's um, it's important not to take one um, lyric, one lyric in a song, separate from what is happening here, in the form, you know, all the parallelism that's present in Mary's song and how things are reinforcing other things. So, are there physically rich people being sent away empty? I don't think that's necessarily what Mary is talking about. You know, I think she's this isn't a theme of this, this upside down nature of God's work in kingdom, right? Like what's happening right now in her life and in, and in the life of Israel, everything's about to just turn on its yeah, head. I, did, it's, I didn't even address the poetry of it, which is what you're addressing. Yeah, yeah. right. So, you know, he, he's performed mighty deeds with his arm and then he's scattering those, you know, who are proud. He's brought rulers down from their thrones, but he's lifting up the humble. He's 
filling the hungry and he's sending the rich away and he's helping Israel uh, and remembering, you know, generations and generations. So it's somewhat symbolic as well. Not that God doesn't have a, um, like everything you talked about, the... Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> a problem with the proud. I got much more practical. The, yeah. And you're talking about the poetry. It's, and it's a song. It's a poetic on. song. Yeah. The lyrics are used to tell a bigger story of who God is and what he's doing. And yeah. um, so. That's a great point. I, I love the, the series that we're, we're doing. To quote my daughter, haven't we done this before? Yes, we have. <laughs> yes. We have done everything before. <laughs> I mean, it's Advent. And, and that's part of the beauty of it. We, we can be reminded. Didn't we sing Joy to the World last year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. And I love it. But the, you know, this song and then this week is Zachariah's song. Mm-hmm. And then there's, I mean, there's. You're songs of the Savior. Songs of the Savior. <laughs> Did you explain this at the beginning of service? No, we didn't. <laughs> I'm, I have a little. Is that what she means? You've done the week. songs. Yes, we've wrong. done this series before. Pre help. Uh, 2019. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, never mind. That was <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> Whoops. I mean, it changed your life, didn't it, Simone? First time around. Listen, any time the Word of God is open, it's new to me. Amen. Yeah. And and the pieces that are hanging in the worship center. Have, have music have on them. Staff music on them. See Whoa. that? See that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. there's a, a theme. An intention. <laughs> the worship ministry released a five song EP. I've already looked it up. What is an EP? I looked it up. <laughs> Extended play. It's okay. five to seven songs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The right. LP is the Sounds full fancy. length okay. album. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go to the last one. That's a good question. That's actually a good question. I think we um, should release an EP. Preaching at Glen Ellen Bible. (laughs) 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 All right, uh, last question. What about those who don't trust in Jesus? Are they not favored? I think I know the answer, but I'm not sure how to talk about it in a way that doesn't alienate unnecessarily. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Yeah, anytime we go to talk about the favor of God shown towards us in Christ... It's obvious, I think, that we can, we can deduce that those who, who aren't found in Christ aren't favored, meaning that to, to experience the favor of God means to trust in Christ. Um, and when we go to share the gospel, I have found that sometimes I alienate people because I don't do a good job sharing. I can be ornery or a power up or... Um, try to win an argument, <laughs> and that can alienate people. I, in other words, I can alienate. But then sometimes the message of the gospel is alienating. The message being that we're sinful, sinful from birth, and needing a savior. We can't save ourselves. There's only one name. It's Acts chapter four, verse twelve. Only one name under heaven given by which men must be saved, not should be saved or ought to be saved, but actually must be saved. That name, Christ Jesus. So the gospel can be alienating. I love the way the person says it. <laughs> I don't want to unnecessarily alienate folks. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be the cause of people. So anytime I, I talk about the necessity of trusting in Christ, um, and if people push back, why is there only one way? Why is there only one? Why, why must I trust in Christ? And I have... I. I have found myself, after time, I'll ask people, well, 
if it if it proves true that there's only one way and that that way is trusting in Christ, are you willing to do it? And I've had several people say, no, if there's only one way, then I don't want that way. Hmm. And so my, I, I, so I guess what I found is those that are being saved want to be saved. And those who are not being saved actually don't want to trust in Jesus. And I, I have, I've asked folks um, if salvation requires trusting in Jesus, are you, are you willing to trust in Jesus? And I've had people tell me no. Um, and I think that that's important. I think that um, I have experienced, and then sometimes people will say, well, well, I, I guess I'm open to it. Okay, well then let's pray together. Let's pray that God reveals, uh, opens your mind, opens your heart to the truth of who Christ is. Hmm. But there are some people that are angry about the favor that is only shown through faith in Jesus. And, and if that's their state, then it's very, well, first of all, we're not going to argue anybody into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. We're going to love people into the kingdom. Um, but we need to be honest with ourselves. Some people don't like the gospel message that there's only one way to be saved. So the favor that Gabriel tells Mary in this passage is not special for Mary? Well, so the argument I made mm-hmm. Sunday was that, yes, Mary, I said, she's special, she's unique, she's had special favor. But then the Christ in Luke 4 says, it's the year of the Lord's favor. Mm-hmm. There's this, she represents um, kind of this, this newfound favor because the Messiah has come. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I, maybe the, maybe I, the question, not to split hairs, but I'm wondering if they mean if, like, are we talking about the doctrine of election or are we talking about the favor that Gabriel had for Mary? And I, I was just wondering, uh, I know there's a yeah, difference. I'm between, not sure what yeah. the, I, I was, I took it as kind of saving faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What if someone is not enjoying the favor of God that's offered to us in mm-hmm. Jesus? Mm-hmm. Are they going to hell? And I want to say, well, there's only one way to be saved. And then the, the question asked says, well, how do we talk about that? Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I do think on the angle that you're taking, <clears throat> Simone, I do think that there are people that I have met with or talked with that when they weren't saved, didn't know Christ, weren't following him, felt God caring for them. Mm. And they look back mm. on it That's beautiful. later and say, hey, I know that God, even though I wasn't following him and I didn't know him and I didn't trust Jesus, I know that he was walking with me. Mm. He, he cared for me. Mm-hmm. He uh, moved in my life and this happened, like a favor, yeah. yeah, you know, and that God can favor those that are outside of um, the faith mm-hmm. and they, they can experience the goodness and, and, e- and not just general favor of God that we all experience, mm-hmm. but the specific special favor of God in their life. I don't know if that's what you're... Well, I guess I was thinking about it as believers who we already know are in the family of God and they have favor. And I guess, I mean, I can think of a handful of people where you're, you just, you're with them and you're like, I feel like I'm with the Holy Spirit right now. Mm -hmm. Like the hand of God is on you. It it isn't an intimidating or a jealous or a, you know, like a competitive 
experience. It's right. like, why does, why does that person have favor? And I don't, it's mm. a, it's a, because of this person I'm drawn into yeah. wanting to know God more, mm. to, to emulate like you're a person who's just constantly in, I mean, you know, what I'm talking about, you, you know, people in your life, you're just, you feel like God's hand or favor is on them. Mm. Um, not because of anything they've earned or done, but just mm-hmm. because God's doing something. In them. Well, I think I just, of Mary shows up at Elizabeth's house and she's full of the Holy spirit. Yeah. I was just going to say, that's usually the phrase I would use uh-huh. for it is uh-huh. that they, they're full of the Holy spirit, yeah. not in a, in a strange charismatic way, yeah. but they're just a, <laughs> yeah. and that's fine. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying dismissing that. Not that there's but, anything wrong with strange you know, charismatic you, ways. I've, I know what you're talking about when you're, you're around someone and, and it, there's a confidence or a wisdom or a humbleness yeah. that, um, they exude a beauty, mm-hmm. and and you mm-hmm. know it's because they're they're connected with God in a deep and meaningful way, yeah. and they're listening to Him, and I, it's it's a yeah. filling. Yeah, there's there's like a, a mentor couple in our lives. Um, I've probably talked about before, and anytime I call him, I mean he's like a father figure to me, and anytime I call him, I just know. He is going to give me sound wisdom and advice. Yeah. He's going to pray for me. He's going to ask me tough questions. And I think of him. I think he's, he's got God's favor. Yeah. I don't, it's nothing he's did special. It's just God's using him. It's not just in my life. It's in, he, he has dozens of people that he pours into like that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of, maybe that's why God chose Mary. It, we believe that, right? Is mm-hmm. because there was something special about her. Mm-hmm. It's hard to know which one came first. Did the favor make mm-hmm. her special? Yeah. Or did, you know. But still, that's how I read this question is, why would some people get that favor and mm. not others? But I see what you were saying as well. All right. Good talk. Good talk, Russ. <laughs> that's all the questions we have <laughs> for you. What a Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text Next Level Podcast 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last Sunday's sermon, and then general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. We love God and believe that scripture is a primary means for our getting to know him. And our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us. Thank you listeners for tuning in to the next level. Boom. Prophecy.